So let me just share with you just a few minutes about treasure in the earth. We're talking uh, from the theme, Christ our treasure. And what I believe God is saying to all of the body of Christ is that we must recognize and acknowledge Jesus Christ to a greater degree than we have. That Jesus is God's treasure and God has given his treasure to us. We have become uh, God's repository uh, for treasure. So that's, that's amazing. Uh, I was telling the, the early service that when we lived in Egypt, um, I, I didn't say it was Egypt, but it was in Egypt, that what we did was uh, we made sure we had a safe, a nice big safe, and uh, because things, things were very nice. I, I was talking to my son this morning, and, and he was talking about how wonderful it was, and of course, I think my daughter would say the same thing, how they had a, just a great time, and, and um, uh, they would, we would let them do things that I wouldn't let them do here now. And uh, because they were on the streets, they were like 9 and 11 years old, just going everywhere and going out and doing things all uh, in, the, in the city uh, where we lived. And, but we had a, 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 a safe, and in that safe was some valuables. The valuables was cash. We had money because all those things were safe in those days there. Uh, it, it, something could break out any minute. And so we wanted, um, I wanted my wife to have enough money to where she could get a taxi cab and go to Timbuktu if she needed to. And so, so that was what we did. We said, go to the border. This is what you do. You hire somebody, blah, blah, blah. You pay, blah, blah, blah. You get out of the country. I'll meet you all later if, if should something happen. So I was thinking, now, that's not why, why God has given us uh, his treasure. I was placed his treasure in us. His treasure for us is safely kept but it safely keeps us. And the treasure that he has is a person, Jesus Christ, who through whom he made the worlds. I mean, th these things, I know sometimes we hear them and go, I've heard that before, I haven't heard. I'm not too sure I can tell you something you've not heard. You know, so as that is in the word of God. But I'm saying to you that God places so much value on, it, on the Lord. I was reading, and I shared with you a few weeks ago, how we can't even thank God except we thank God through Jesus. And we don't have re repentance except through Jesus. We don't have redemption except through, through Jesus. Salvation comes through Jesus. Life is Jesus and comes through Jesus. So everything in the Bible is about Jesus. Everything of worth and value is about Jesus. And then God takes all that he used to create the whole universe and all that he uses to sustain the universe, he places in us? I mean, that's that just mind-blowing to me. And I think like this. This is how I think. And I, sometimes I just get so overcome that, that I weep at night and I weep and I weep. And, I, and, and you really... And we'll talk about this someday when we talk about spiritual gifts. But I think sometimes it's so, it's so huge, so great, uh, so beyond human imagination that we need other languages to really come close to praising God. I don't mean just English, you know, Spanish, German, or whatever. I mean even uh, angelic languages. We, we need that. And we should not be as some who say, oh, there's been a cessation of the gifts. You know, I mean, that's so, excuse me if you, if you believe like that. I, don't, I was about to say it was nutty, but you may believe like that. 
some of you, and I wouldn't want to say that. But it, it just makes no sense that when we are most in need of God, then God would take away something that would help us. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense to my mind. Uh, and so uh, God, let me go back. God has placed this amazing treasure in us. I, I, I was going to start in verse number seven, but let me start in verse one of 2 Corinthians chapter four. Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, let's start in verse one. Paul says, therefore, since we have this ministry, we have the ministry of reconciliation. We have, we have the, this gospel ministry. We have a ministry of glory, that is, that, that you and I uh, are used as, as vessels that illuminate the glory of God, the uncreated God, and all that he is. Then people can see God through us and through what we even deal with in life. That's so big for me. And I want you to go on a little journey with me, if you will. Just go on a, a brief little journey with me. Paul says, therefore, since, as a result of, because, since we have received this ministry, as we have received mercy. So since we have this ministry, we have received mercy that is commensurate to the ministry, to the greatness of the ministry. And he says, we do not lose heart. Isn't that amazing that, that you and I have received mercy to a degree that we do not lose heart? So have you ever just sat back and thought about the things that God has brought you through? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you may need to do this. I don't want to remember. I do want to remember because I can remember when I was undone, when I was trying my best to run away from God and could not run away from God, I kept running into God, unto God. That's huge to me. But perhaps that's not good. Or maybe you don't want to remember uh, some of the ignorance that you displayed, but I, I have to be reminded of it from time to time. He says, we don't lose heart. And so, so I, that means that my courage remains. And you'll hear what Paul says. So no matter what happens, my courage remains. I'm, I'm just amazed at, as I grow older chronologically, but grow older in the Lord. As I grow older in the Lord, I grow deeper in the Lord. And I'm finding out experientially that my Courage remains. Wow. And it's even greater than I knew it to be before. It was always there, but I didn't know about it. He says, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. By what? By manifestation of the truth. We are people of the truth. He says, look, uh, we have renounced the hidden things of shame. So we don't boast or brag in those things. Uh, we don't walk in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, or we don't preach uh, the gospel for, for our gain. We don't preach the gospel so we can make money. Somebody was making a, a comment once about preachers and money, and I said, well, you know, there are a few preachers who have a lot of money, but most of us don't. We don't preach the gospel for money. We preach the gospel because we're called to preach the gospel. And we don't manipulate people to get them to write a check. So Paul is saying that because those who do, they, they are not of the sort that I'm talking about. So Paul goes on to say, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And then he, verse, in verse 3, says, but. He says so many, he uses but so much here. He's always saying but. You know, but, but, uh, but we have, you know, now he says, but even, and uh, I, I started talking about that in the first service and some of them just started to snicker and giggle. 
I said, you, they, you know, God help our minds, you know. Remember, remember <laughs> I said it sort of jokingly, but I, I was telling the story when I was working in the oil business and I was on a, one of these drilling rigs, tool pusher, those in the, that means the rig boss, the tool pusher. He was the guy who worked for, for, for me or for us. And so um, one day he came to me and said, hey, you know that commercial, the Negro College Fund commercial? I said, yeah. He said, says the mind is a terrible thing to waste. I said, yeah. He said, I just want you to know the mind is a terrible thing. <laughs> and this is what the, Paul is saying. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now notice, our gospel is not veiled. But if it's, if it's veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Jesus came as the antidote to perishing. Right. Amen. So you are now cannot perish and will not perish because Jesus is the antidote. He is the medicine to perishing. And he says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So Paul says, says that, that it's those who refuse to believe, actually, those who will not believe that God is, even the universe shows us that God is. The universe doesn't show us a big, that, that there was some kind of uh, phenomenon called the Big Bang and, and, and something, some happened, this phenomenon that, that happened. Now everything came. That's ludicrous. But that should say to us, there is intelligence because we see this great design and wherever you see design, you know you have purpose. And wherever you have purpose and design, you have intelligence. Except those who say God doesn't exist. And this is, these are those who Paul speaking of, whose minds, whose minds the God of this age, small g, not capital G, of this age has blinded. Why? How does Paul know? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the very essence and image of God, should shine on them. So Paul tells, talks that this whole thing, the great treasure is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is this great treasure. And now God has taken this treasure and deposited it as we would deposit our valuables in a safe. He has deposited this great value or these great valuables in the person of one person, one man, Jesus Christ, inside each of us. So each of us is a repository of the God's treasure and of the glory of God. Hallelujah. That is big for me. So, so why is it so big? Because it, it causes me to know that Paul teaches us that, that, well, Jesus actually was telling us that we should store up our treasure uh, in heaven where there, there are no moths, uh, there, there's, there's no rust, uh, there, there's no thief, there's nothing that can take the treasure. And the way we store up our treasure in heaven is by guarding Christ in our hearts. That is not protecting Christ, but by being obedient to everything that God tells us. That's how we guard our heart, by, by renouncing the hidden things of darkness. That's how we guard our hearts. And he says we don't preach, uh, we don't preach these other things. We do not preach ourselves, rather. For we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, bond servants, and, and ourselves, your bond servants, for Jesus' sake. 
For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so Paul tells us that you and I understand God through Jesus Christ. He said, Pastor, I've always known that. But are you walking in the victory of that? If you are not walking in the victory of that, I do not believe you have understood it. I do not believe that you have internalized the truth because we are growing, but we are not all fully grown yet. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light or the understanding of the glory of God in the person, the face of Jesus Christ. And so Paul now comes to verse 7 and he says, but, again, he says, but, continues to change the direction or bring us more understanding. But we have this amazing treasure that he's talking about in earthen vessels. So he says we have this great deposit of wealth in earthen vessels. Now, now God being who he is and a lot better and greater than I am and you, and you are, he did this purposefully. If I had a, a million dollars, a billion dollars, I wouldn't put them in, in some clay jar. I'm going to find the best safe that even the safe crackers can't crack. That's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to find it. I'm going to have armed guards. I, I, if I had a billion dollars cash, oh no! what would I do? Would I say, listen, each one of you come up. I want to give you a million each. You know, no. But God did. But God did. Whoa. I, you know, I mean, I said, you might forget where you got this, you know. That's me. But God did that. But we have this great deposit of wealth in earthen vessels. King James says that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. This is a good translation, but it sort of takes us in maybe a slightly, slightly different understanding than the ESV of the English Standard Version says. ESV says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels or in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. It's not ours. So God, in his amazing wisdom, has done something for us that I think we have not really regarded as we should. Is it a light thing that God would live in you? Do you take that lightly that God would live in you? God chose to store his vast treasure in you, in you. He stored it in earthen vessels, jars of clay, jars of clay, so that everybody who sees you does not have to see the stars, the firmament. Everyone who sees you now sees the glory of God when you act out, walk out what God's edicts, God's mandates, whatever he commands. That's why it is imperative that you and I follow the word of God. That is why it is imperative that you and I be purveyors of truth, that we are always giving out the truth of God. A number of years ago, I was saying to the brothers uh, uh, yesterday in our men's meeting, which if you missed the men's meeting, you just missed a great meeting. And um, I don't want to make you feel bad, but 
but but God God is so uh, so amazing in in the way he he moves the way he operates God God's treasure is in each one of us and so you and I now as we follow God as we are uh, about the truth of God as we uh, don't just give out our opinions but we give out truth that's what we are that's what we're called to do I said to the brothers yesterday that when we started the church, we decided that we would not have elders meetings and listen to each other's opinions. So when somebody comes to me and they say, Pastor, what is your opinion? I go, I don't give opinions. I'm not trying to be cute. We, we decided that we would not vote and we would not give opinions. Vote polarizes people. Voting polarizes people. And, and opinions, everybody has one when they don't even have information. Yeah. And so what we do is we, 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 we try to hear, what is God saying? What is God saying? And that's what you are to do. You are to take that reality. What is God saying? And so you should take that to the, the sphere in which you are operating, where God has you operating, because God wants them to see his glory through each one of you. But if you're so busy talking about opinions and things of this life, of this world, not the Christian life, but of this world, then they will not see God. They would not see God. Now, let me show you something that this treasure in you is going to do, and I'm going to take about three minutes extra. I got about a minute and 45 seconds there. I'm going to take about three minutes extra. I mean, th three minutes added on to my one. Listen to what Paul says about you. Let me say, I've, I never knew how often I set boundaries for myself until God asked me, questions or ask things of me. He would ask something of me and I would say, I can't do that. Why would God ask me if I couldn't do it? Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when he would say, I would say, I can't do that, Lord. I want you to do that. I can't do that, Lord. I can't. And my life has been a journey and a story of God asking something of me I'm telling him I can't, and God is showing me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I've found that my life is like that. I, it is amazing. It is amazing. I, I tell you things about my life not to boast in me, because I always tell you about my human weaknesses, my human weaknesses, and how God takes us beyond our human weaknesses. When I look back in my life, I, I, I said, I can't do that, God. But now I have that cease pray spirit. I have that, yes, it's possible. I can do it. Yes, yes, it can be done. That is what I have. And that's what God wants you to have. That's why he takes you through various experiences. So let me, let me hurry from verse 8. He says, Paul says, we are hard pressed. You, can you imagine, even if you have never looked up the definition of hard pressed, you've got an inkling. That means something bad. We are hard pressed, which means afflicted, thronged with problems, uh, suffering tribulations in every way. He says, we are hard pressed on every side. That means pressure coming to you left and right and in front, behind, above, beneath, pressures. And he says, yet not crushed. That's the treasure. Yet not crushed. I know that there's got to be somebody in here. Were it not for the Lord, you would have been crazy by now. There's somebody here like that. The devil would have taken your mind. 
But you said, yet not crushed, devil, right here today. Yet not crushed. You ought to just tell him, just the yet not crushed. Thank you, Jesus. He says, we are perplexed. You know, I've been perplexed in my life. When somebody wants to say, well, you're not supposed to be perplexed. Oh, you haven't been through anything yet. We are perplexed, he said. He didn't, my Bible didn't say we have been. We used to be. We are perplexed. That means having no way out. Now, now I've lived life long enough to, to not have a way out. You go to the front and, and there's no way. You go to the left, no way. You go to the right, no way. You try to get in reverse, there's no way. He says, perplexed. Having no way out. He said, but not in despair. Because the same God who rescued you in the past is right here, right now. He is the everlasting God. Hallelujah. He says, I, when I am perplexed, when I don't have an answer, I still stand. I am not in despair. Hallelujah, somebody. I don't feel utter loss. I go, oh, this is it. The big one. No, I don't have utter loss. Persecuted. I used to think I was persecuted, but I, now I know I wasn't persecuted. I was, I was, I was uh, uh, attacked, but not persecuted. These people followed the Apostle Paul. Wherever he would go, they, uh, one of my mentors said there was a riot or a revival. And, wherever, and some of the people hated the revival so much, they pursued him from one city to the next city to the next city, causing trouble. He said, he said persecuted, that people are following after me to hurt me. I don't give up and say, God, are you on the throne? Do you love me? He said, but no, because I know I'm not forsaken. So God gives us this treasure so that we are not forsaken. We know we're not forsaken. God is taking us deeper because he's working himself into us such, in such a way that we are going to soon fear nothing, absolutely no fear. I said, Lord, I, you said perfect love casts out all fear. I want you to take me where I don't have fear of anything. I don't have fear of anything. I could jump off, off of a, uh, not, not, not literally, but jump off of the highest building in the universe. And I would know that you are catching me. Because a sparrow can't even fall to the ground without the father's notice, without the father's care. That's the life he wants us to know about. That's the life he wants us to exemplify. And the worst things are going in the world. I'm not joining them in the craziness. I'm here as a beacon of light and the truth of God. You and I are the truth of God to this generation. Somebody ought to say something for the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The, the apostle, I love the apostle. The apostle was beaten so much, but he wouldn't quit. He was beaten and maltreated, shipwrecked, wouldn't quit. He couldn't quit. I remember one time when I, we were living in Egypt when I was so discouraged, walking down to do a Bible study, walking down the dark road to do a Bible study. I was walking because I wanted to talk to God, and I was telling God all the reasons why I had to quit him. And I was so sorry, but I'm going to have to quit on you. And I was walking down, talking to the Lord, and suddenly a big burst of tears and emotion. And I said, but I can't. I tried, but I couldn't. Because the Bible says, greater is he who is within you than he was in the world. And you are a repository for this great God. Wow. 
Wow, it's an amazing God. And then Paul, let me hurry, he says, he says, struck down. Struck down. You know, you ladies may not understand struck down. Some of y'all understand struck down. Maybe all of y'all understand struck down. Struck down. I mean, just thrown down. He says thrown down. For you should have been shattered into many, many pieces. He says, but you weren't destroyed. Thrown down, maltreated, but we didn't perish. Always. Somebody say always. Always carrying about in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. And so God's purpose is that you would carry it in your body. Now, I know the women understand this better than the men. You've carried babies in your body. Many of you. Carrying in your body. Carrying in your body the dying of the Lord. That the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. And this is what Paul is saying. Look, my time has slipped away. Let me give you an analogy. I want you to still stand on your feet, those of you who are. I remember a number of years ago drilling oil and gas wells and high-pressure wells and we were going down in the earth and every, the deeper you go, it's the, the, the tougher it gets. You know, the deeper you go, you know, you can, anybody can drill shallow. But you need some people who've got something, some moxie to drill deep. We were drilling deep. The company only let certain ones of us go deep. And if God is looking out over this congregation and he's looking for somebody to go deep, I want to say, here I am. Send me. If you want somebody to go deep, God, I'm ready to go deep with you because you've taken me past all of my limitations. I set limitations for myself. You didn't set them. And I said, God, I can't. And I heard the heavenly choir say, si se puede. Si se puede. Si se puede. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm almost done. Let me tell you. And you're drilling that well. The pressures are greater. The heat is greater. But before we started the drilling process, we had made plans to go deep. We made plans to make sure our drilling fluid was, was the right weight. We made sure that our drilling fluid was the right type. We made sure that our pipes would withstand the heat and they would withstand any pull and drag that was there. And we made sure that the pressure that was in our pipe, in our drill string, we made sure it was greater than any pressure on the outside. We, we, were, we built the program to withstand collapse. And I want you to know, when, when, when the apostle said, greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. I'm telling you emphatically that you're not going to collapse where God has taken us so deep. You're not going to collapse because you can't collapse. You can't collapse. God has paid for the journey by this immense and amazing treasure, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen, everybody. Amen, everybody. Amen. God's treasure in earthen vessels.
Amen. I'll be back in a minute.